Forgotten Cinema is getting romantic for our eighth season and just in time for Valentine's Day as we cover the 90s ensemble drama, Beautiful Girls. We'll then do a complete 180 as we dive into some spy films, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy and Spy Game. We'll find out why white men can't jump and whether you should shoot to kill while enjoying a Frankenweenie. Nope, that doesn't make any sense. You know what else doesn't make sense? This season will also feature our 100th episode of Forgotten Cinema. Feels like 100 years. Don't I know it. Forgotten Cinema. Never stop, never stopping. Yes, that's a hint. Part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Do you like beer? Do you like podcasts? Do you like beer podcasts? Then check out Crackin' One Open, a podcast about brews, news, and pop culture reviews. Every week, we crack open a new craft beer from breweries around the country. And sometimes the world. We'll talk about how it was made, what's in it, the history of the brew, and the brewery. Then we'll give our tasting notes, and while we're finishing up, we'll talk about some of the latest goings-on in the world of pop culture. So check out Crackin' One Open with Mike and Elise, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. of the well-rounded table to bohemian geek studies where we take extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms i'm padawan learner and defender of droids sarah o'connor welcome welcome hello there to a very special guest in our episodes today for obi-wan i'm jedi master and rebel scum collaborator however not obi-wan but we're there <laughs> Colleen, you never said your name. <laughs> you no. gotta be kidding me. You gave your Here, titles, but you didn't. <laughs> why don't we start? Why don't we start again? Yeah, we'll I'm start. I'm out over. of it, you guys. I'm not lying. I haven't slept well in like days. Oh no. I know. It'll get better once he's better. Okay, I'm ready again. <laughs> Welcome, nerdy knights of the well-rounded table, to Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms. I'm Padawan Learner and Defender of Droids, Sarah O'Connor. Welcome, welcome. Hello there. I'm Colleen McMillan, Jedi Master and Rebel Scum Collaborator, and excited for our <laughs> pirate guest these episodes. And it is I. I am Anders, the pirate Jedi. <laughs> and I am so happy to do these episodes today. <laughs> While we vary in terms of our ranks here on BGS, one thing will always remain constant. Much to learn, we still have. Indeed. This season on Bohemian Geek Studies, we're taking a detailed dorky dive into Star Wars Rebels. Today, we're diving into season two, episodes five and six, Always Do, There Are, and Brothers of the Broken Horn. Hey, I'm so excited. <laughs> we have done our best to scramble our signal and we'll be avoiding spoilers for future Rebels episodes, but I will throw an adult content warning for the younglings. So without further ado, let's hop aboard the ghost and head to Lothal to explore our holocrons of knowledge. Colleen, why don't you open up that first holocron for us? Punch it. I will. We start out with the first holocron, the Journal of the Wills, where we go over the plot and episode synopses. First off, we get that iconic title, Always Two. There are. No more, Yoda. no less. Yeah, exactly. Be like, mm, are we sure though here? That's not how it goes with the Inquisitors. This is more of like a Hydra situation where if you cut off one head, two grow in its place. <laughs> Yay, Inquisitors. So we open the episode with Ezra training with Kanan, learning how to levitate objects. Chopper is the guinea pig in this experiment, and he and Sabine thwart Ezra's training hysterically. Rex waxes philosophical about his Jedi general. Ah, uh, 
the paragon of virtue himself, Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> like, shut up, Rex. Read the room, for God's sake. Kanan disagrees with Rex's assessment of the situation with Ezra's training. Ezra's not here for this, though. He doesn't like the tug of war that's happening. He ditches them both, not wanting to be in the middle of the fight. That's right. And then Ezra assigns himself to a mission. So he joins Sabine, Zeb, and Chopper on a mission to recover some old Clone Wars era medical supplies on a derelict station. And this station is creepy as fuck. Really a horror style setting uh, for a Star Wars episode. I was actually very much reminded of like the alien movies. Yes. During this episode. Uh, Chopper activates the entire station instead of just that one little panel Sabine asked for, which alerts the Empire to their presence. The fifth brother takes off to apprehend the rebels. So a seeker droid follows the specters around the station, keeping tabs. The droid belongs to another Inquisitor, aka Now There Are Two, and the episode title makes sense, who ambushes the specters. Welcome seventh sister, AKA a wife of Freddie Prince Jr., Sarah Michelle Geller. Ezra tries to engage the seventh sister, but they run into the fifth brother who has made his way to the station. Ezra is captured by the two inquisitors as Sabine escapes back to Zeb. Ooh, tense. So intense in this episode. Not wanting to send a signal that could compromise the fleet, Zeb and Sabine decide to rescue Ezra themselves. The seventh sister gets super flirty <laughs> with Ezra, girl, he's 15, attempting to recruit him to the dark side. She mentions that Kanan never received the rank of Jedi Knight, but Ezra shoots back that Kanan defeated the Grand Inquisitor, like whatever, <laughs> got your <laughs> boss. The seventh sister admits that Kanan's victory was unexpected, but it brought her new opportunities. Hmm, interesting. I wonder if she used to be the eighth. <laughs> So Zeb and Sabine attempt to incapacitate the fifth brother with an explosive trap, but he's too strong with the force. He evades the trap, captures Sabine. Zeb manages to destroy the seventh sister's droids and also finds those medical supplies. You know, the whole reason they were there in the first place. Yeah, the actual what a win. mission is accomplished. Uh, except the seventh sister is trying to get information out of Ezra about Ahsoka, but the kid isn't budging, showing some real strength of will here. The fifth brother brings in Sabine as a bargaining chip. Zeb retrieves his bow rifle, but knows he's no match for the Inquisitors on his own, but he also can't leave Sabine and Ezra behind. Real character growth from our guy Zeb right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Zeb, showing cleverness and humor, uses the fake name Melu Run, <laughs> pretending that he's a rebel officer oh, trying to trick the Inquisitors. Zeb tells them to meet him at the hangar using a code to, quote, keep their chins up. Good advice since he's hung the Phantom upside down on the ceiling. Ezra and Sabine are able to escape the Inquisitors due to Zeb, and they board the Phantom. They escape the Inquisitors and tell Kanan what happened. He realizes that they're up against more power than he expected and promises to tell Ahsoka that the Inquisitors know about her. Bum, bum, bum. Oh, no. The Apprentice lives. Crap. Now everyone knows. Yep. All right. Next episode, we get some comedy to help us deal with the last episode, which was scary. Are we ready for some pirates? Yeah. (laughs) Ezra's back in training again, splitting time between Kanan and Rex. 
which neither mentor is happy about. They kind of want his full attention. You'd think they had gotten the hint with Ezra running away from their bickering last episode, but no, they're, they're still fighting. Ezra says that he might not want to be a Jedi or a soldier, and he runs away. Our poor teen. (laughs) Teen have angst. Teen need to experience (laughs) angst. So (laughs) this is really hysterical, though. Ezra's left behind with Chopper when the crew leaves for a new mission, and Hera gives him the chore sheet. (laughs) She's like, here, go do this with Chop. But he receives a distress call from Visago's ship, the Broken Horn. And of course... He owes, he owes Zago a favor, so he's going to go try and square that off and, you know, not do his chores. Mm-hmm. So Ezra and Chopper leave. They find Zago's ship with no problem, but something seems a little off. The ship is, like, really quiet, and they can't get Zago on the comms. His protection droids are scattered throughout the ship, but they're also really powered down. They make their way to the bridge and find Hondo Onaka, my guy. <laughs> He's finally back into Star Wars. And I remember the first time I saw this and I was just like, yes, it's him. I, I screamed, I'm pretty sure. I was like, you've got to be kidding me, Hondo's back. He is the pirate of great renown. Uh, he says he's the new owner of the Broken Horn because he bought it off of Visago. And Ezra, not fully trusting this guy, introduces himself as Lando Calrissian. I mean, at least he didn't, at least he didn't say he was Jabba the Hutt again. Right. 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 <laughs> Freaking Hondo would have been like, oh, no. <laughs> Ezra and Chop help Hondo in- evade the Imperials and the pirate offers them a place in his next deal. Ezra agrees to help if he can take a cut of some of the expensive power generators. Not a complete dummy, Ezra swipes the droid control from Hondo and gives it to Chopper for safekeeping. Ezra goes with Hondo to meet his buyer, and it's another not-so-friendly face. As Morrigan is back, and he's just as vile and pig-like and ballsack as ever. <laughs> oh, he's so gross, you guys. He really is. Freaking as Morgan. <laughs> Trouble ensues, shockingly. As Morgan was expecting Visago and doesn't want to deal with a washed-up pirate. Rude. Real mm-hmm. rude. Hondo was like a pirate king. Come on now. He plans on ejecting Hondo and Ezra out into open space, especially when he realizes who Ezra is. But then it's Chop to the rescue, you guys. As always. So amazing. He charges as Morgan with one of the crates, sending everyone flying, basically. Chop goes into like full murder mode, though, guys. He's Tony (laughs) Montana out here, firing two blasters at a time, barreling himself through the hangar. I love it. Hondo, of course tries to snag the credits that Esmorgan dropped and is almost launched into space because of this. But Ezra saves him with the force, much to Hondo's delight. So Ezra, Chopper, and Hondo retreat with the generators. Ezra admits his responsibilities to the rebellion, but confines in Hondo that everything just seems to be a little too much for him. He's not sure if he even wants to be a full Jedi anymore. Hondo then offers Ezra a place on his crew and he can become a pirate Jedi. I mean, seriously, who wouldn't want to be a pirate Jedi? (laughs) But Ezra's not really sure about that option either. As they go to leave, Ezra discovers Visago locked in one of his own brig cells, revealing that Hondo stole the ship and deactivated the droids. Visago calls in that favor with Ezra and asks for his help. 
They release Visago and confront Hondo on the bridge. Visago takes back control of the droids and lets them attack. Hondo and Ezra try to evade the droids, and Hondo escapes, stealing the Phantom. He leaves Ezra to deal with the droids, womp womp, and Visago finds them and sends them back to Garrel in, ex- in an escape pod, saying how he doesn't like <laughs> kids. Upon returning to the ghost, Ezra and Chop find Hondo with the Phantom. It was on autopilot back to the ghost. Sorry, Hondo. So Hondo had to spin a new story. <laughs> he meant to help Ezra all along. He leaves Ezra with the specters, but is open to future team-ups. That's right. Yes. <laughs> so with that, I think we'll head on to the second holocron, The Will of the Force, where we'll be exploring the theme or themes of today's episodes. And to start things off, we'll start with episode five, Outgrowing Your Parents. Anders, mm. do you want to take it? Yeah. So in this episode, Zeb, Sabine, and Ezra and, and Chopper are kind of given a chance to shine. They get themselves out, they get themselves out of a pretty dire situation without Kanan or Hera's help. They really mm-hmm. work well together. They are gelling. They have like little in-jokes and code phrases that they're able to get to chuck back and forth. And they can evade their enemies. I do love their teamwork and their camaraderie here, though. It's so adorable. They really are. And the idea that mom and dad didn't have to swoop in to save the day. Mm-hmm. Just the uncle. Just the weird uncle droid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take Chopper with you. Yeah. We, don't, we, don't, we didn't need it for this mission. Uh, other, the other theme for this episode is that the enemy will always come back. And usually stronger, which mm-hmm. is another Harry Potter thing where Dumbledore is like, we can fight the dark, but it's never gone. And it yeah. usually does come back stronger. The sand people, they'll be back and in greater numbers. <laughs> yes, but in single file to hide their numbers. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. This was a good lesson for them. Just because Kanan beat one Inquisitor doesn't mean that there won't be more. Right. Or that Vader could come back at any point. Like There is so much danger surrounding them. Yep, and you can trust in that. And speaking of trust, for episode six, we're looking at trust issues. Mm -hmm. We saw last episode that Ezra was willing to trust Rex, Wolf, and Gregor instantly on Ahsoka's word. That's some trust. That theme of initial trust strikes again when Ezra goes along with Hondo's plans. Sure, he's charming, of course, but but come on, Ezra, it's Hondo. (laughs) I think it's good. Yeah, poor Ezra. (laughs) But at the same time, he didn't fully trust Hondo, right? He he picked up that uh, droid control. He didn't give him his real name. Yeah, he's still being careful. Yeah. Yep. I mean, he was ultimately willing to out himself as a force user to save his life. Mm -hmm. But he still never really trusted Hondo, I don't think. Thank goodness. And for the series theme, we're once again kind of looking at chosen family, especially in episode six. Ezra is directly faced with the choice to abandon his new family and join Hondo for a life of quote unquote freedom, which I don't think would be the case with Hondo. (laughs) But here he decides that what he wants now has to be more important and has more meaning. So being with the ghost crew is just more important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the it. 
some serious growing up energy from our from our kid Ezra. Yeah, you have to do your chores, you have to go to your sports practice and everything. <laughs> but you do. But what you get out of that is totally worth it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, now that we've explored today's themes, why don't we head on to that third holocron, the galaxy, the galaxy's populace, where we explore the characters and relationships covered in today's episodes. Anders, do you want to start us off? Absolutely. Let's start off with the relationship between Kanan and Rex. It didn't really get off on the right foot, but they seemed at the end of those couple of episodes to kind of start to begrudgingly trust each other a little bit. And now they have like total dad versus stepdad or even like uncle energy fighting over what's best for Ezra. Yes. (laughs) The whole time. Both episodes too. Yeah, both episodes. And he's just willing to kind of throw up his hands and say, you know what, y'all deal with this. I'm going to go do me. Mm-hmm. you're the adults people i am 15 i'm out <laughs> yeah but i do like the fact that they didn't just inst- that kanan like is not instantly over this general mistrust of rex and the idea right. that he's a clone it's gonna take time mm-hmm. i like that they take the time to do that because some mm-hmm. shows would just hop into the next episode and everything would be peachy and we're on to our next adventure and rex is part of our crew now but that's not how relationships work so instead we get rex being like you know my jedi and kanan's like why why are you saying that guess what dude your jedi's gone you guys killed him as far as kanan knows yeah yes and rex is like oh i sadded myself (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i love it so much next up we have our two inquisitors our villains we have fifth brother first pretty arrogant right off the bat telling Callus that his help is unnecessary <laughs> savage Callus is like we don't need to go to that medical station it's probably nothing mm-hmm. fifth brother's like i'm out peace he also seems to be the brute force kind of guy pun definitely intended there <laughs> then we have the seventh sister who is voiced by sarah michelle geller she is not brute force whatsoever working with these droids that look like mini probe droids basically with a little bit of extra malice to them like these droids have her personality which is really fun to see mm-hmm. yeah she's more of a, stri- a strategist than the fifth brother and she calls him out on it a couple times like think before you do anything like stand back seven's here like go away <laughs> she is a Mirialon, which is the same race as Luminara, Unduli, and Barris Afi, who are mm-hmm. two of our more famous Mirialons in the series. Very cool. Moving on to Ezra, this is the first real time that we see him, and frankly also Sabine, on his own without Kanan or Hera to really help guide him. And we gotta say, he handles himself very well. These Inquisitors don't put on too much uh, torture pressure, but he keeps his cool and the four of them work really, really well together. (laughs) That said, in episode six, Ezra is very much a teenager, moaning about all of his responsibilities and wanting to get away. Of course, he soon remembers a lot of the benefits that come with being part of a family. Mm -hmm. Yes. So well. One thing with Hondo is that he doesn't have a family. Hondo in Clone Wars surrounded himself with his crew and things, but he's basically alone. Mm-hmm. 
Speaking of Hondo. Speaking of Hondo. Hondo Onaka, everybody. <laughs> I love it. I have that pop too. It's so cute. <laughs> it's so I honestly, I don't understand the appeal of Funko Pops as a general concept, but I do have my Hondo one. <laughs> I will treasure him always. <laughs> so Hondo Anaka is voiced by Jim Cummings. Uh, he is Cummings. <laughs> he is a pirate and another character that was brought in over from the Clone Wars TV show. Mm-hmm. He was sometimes a, I guess you could call him an ally <laughs> of Obi-Wan Kenobi. And the last time, the last time we saw him, he was actually helping the Jedi in a battle against Maul and his brother Savage Press. Hondo serves as this like classic lure of the outlaw life to tempt Ezra with. He's got some serious like Jack Sparrow energy going on here, mm-hmm. especially when um, he's kind of called like a washed up has been or what have you. You know, you're the worst pirate I've ever heard of but you have heard of me. You have heard of me. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, obviously that would be a very tempting offer, this idea of the freedom, be having no responsibilities. But when you look under that surface, Hondo is constantly in danger and on the run for his life for the people he has kind of scammed or screwed over in the past. Uh, He's very much kind of like a Long John Silver type, that pirate Mm -hmm. that with a little bit of a heart of gold you still sort of root for him even though he is a total scoundrel not quite as charming or heroic as han solo i don't expect him to ever make the sacrifice play (laughs) but he does seem to form a bond here with ezra and he does shove him he shoves ezra out of the way to save him Mm -hmm. um also kind of serving as a little bit of a preview of what Ezra could have turned into if the ghost crew had never found him. That's a great point, Anders. Yes, and definitely. he is amazing and hilarious and I love him more He's Hondo. Perfection. Actually, I'm gonna revise that. I don't necessarily want more Hondo because every time he turns up, it's like the perfect amount of him. Like yes. if we got a Hondo series, I'd probably get sick of him. And with that, I think I'm going to take us into our next holocron. This is the fourth holocron, Binding the Galaxy Together, where we go through some of the homages, Easter eggs, and connections throughout these episodes. And I'm going to start us off with Dejarek. As episode five opens, Zeb and Rex are playing this hollow chess game that we have seen throughout Star Wars. It was on the, I don't know, that's not the crew deck or the lounge area of the Millennium Falcon. Uh, where we found out that Chewbacca might rip your arms out if you beat him. <laughs> Maybe this is like a Corellian thing because the ghost and the Falcon are both Corellian ships. It's okay. like standard, standard for these ships. We got your table. Don't worry. <laughs> Every ship gets a table. <laughs> well, Commander May Lou Run returns, Zeb's favorite alternate identity. And you know what? It works every time. It's like no one else in the galaxy knows that it's a fruit or doesn't believe that uh, someone who's a fruit seller in their family could become a commander. Imagine that. Yeah. And just like Zeb, Ezra is also continuing to use pseudonyms uh, whenever he meets some new people. Always careful to hide his true identity until about 10 minutes in when he's like, actually, that's not my name and I'm a Jedi. Um in this case, though, he doesn't oh, use the name like Jabba the Hutt that he's used as kind of a sarcastic bit with the Imperials. He uses the name Lando Calrissian, a name he knows is tied into the underworld. 
And proving the galaxy is a smaller place than we may have thought, in addition to Hondo, we also get Vizago and As Morrigan in this episode as well, which is wild. Mm-hmm. I love the colors too. Like they're so brightly colored. So it's a nice contrast to Hondo, who's the weak way or not a bright colored species. So we get really, really fluorescent pink as Morgan, and then that kind of lime colored Deveronian Vizago. I like the colors. This is one of my favorite parts. It, this is a heartfelt part of the episode. When Hondo refers to his best friend, who was a Jedi, <laughs> at least he thinks they were friends. <laughs> he is, of course, referring to Obi-Wan Kenobi, who would vehemently deny this friendship. This is the Hondo's softer, lonely side. He recalls Obi-Wan so fondly. This is such a sign that he's grown and that he misses this kind of camaraderie. I did, from the last episode, we saw him that Anders mentioned when Maul's like, what are you doing around our city? He's like, why would I be running from Kenobi? <laughs> <laughs> He's such a jerk. I love it so much. I do hope that we maybe get Hondo on the Kenobi show. I know we won't, but that would be I so great. Dream, I can dream that we might. A live action Hondo. If he showed up, Obi-Wan would be so mad and it would be amazing. <laughs> I'm here for that. And then poor Hondo, of course, he has a bounty out on his head from the Rang clan. This crime group was a, was the, had the bounty on, on Hondo. They were a rival for Maul's group, Crimson Dawn, and they were also active during the Clone Wars. So these guys have been around. So Hondo, be careful. Be more careful. Mm-hmm. We also get a reference to the icy planet Nixus and the Nixus Hub 218. Well... Not a full spoiler here, but this will be a connection to another episode of Rebels at some point in the future. Bum, bum, bum. I just and love the re- that they keep going to different, like the same places. Like they have a, they go to Gorel, they go to Nixus, they go back to Lothal. Like, yes, I love that. And the Rebellion isn't just fighting. They're also running humanitarian missions as well. While Ezra is off doing shenanigans with Hondo, the other specters are assisting the ice world of Rin, which is having an energy crisis. The rebellion is out there helping the people that the Empire can't be bothered with. Why are there people on this world? I don't get it. If you can't survive without those, without some serious power to like heat your heat yourself, why are you there? Well, you could ask the same of people on Earth. (laughs) (laughs) Why do I live in Minnesota? (laughs) I do ask people like that. Khalid, I have asked you that before. Yes, it's very beautiful. (laughs) And very, very cold. We can ask the Chiss, too, because their homeworld of Chilla is an ice world and they live underneath the surface. (laughs) And then finally, Ezra jokes, Rex, I bet there are times that even you miss, which I think is a really great stormtrooper joke. (laughs) Yes. And Rex is like offended. Like what? Excuse me? Yeah. What? But that wraps up our homages and Easter eggs. Colleen, do you want to take us to our fifth holocron? Yes, indeed. Now it's time to transition to our fifth holocron, the newbie from Naboo. This is Flo's first time watching Rebels. So we've tasked her with watching the episodes, giving us her questions and her takes. So let's find out what our ambassador for Naboo thought about today's episodes. These were so much better than last week's. I like couldn't even, it was like a different show. It was great. So <laughs> loved these. Yay, everybody. Um, okay. 
So let's start with episode five. I like was so uncomfortable with Kanan and Rex like having their feud, their like little civil war. I was like Ezra. I was like, get me out of here. It was <laughs> like, a big dick energy measuring yeah. contest for sure. I mean, I thought they were gonna like beat each other up. I was like, Ooh. sorry, Harris is bigger than both of theirs. Oh, it's and true. Not even close, honestly. Um, the it was a medical base, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That thing was super creepy. Like when the lights were off, I was like, things are going to pop out at them and I'm going to scream and I'm not going to like it. Um, So that was really, really scary. Yeah. Chopper heading down that creepy hallway was great suspenseful TV. Yes. Mm -hmm. And like, I was impressed with the show and with myself at like how worried I was for Chopper in this episode. Like, I'm not like a huge droid person. That's why Sarah is the defender of droids. (laughs) Like, I'm fine with them. I just like, you know, whatever. But like when that probe droid was probing chopper i was like get the fuck off of him right yeah i was mad (laughs) so that was really bad okay i had a question pretty early in this episode that i wrote down when the like empire dude was talking to callus he was like why do they keep sending these mystics blah 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 like vader keeps sending these mystics okay so like i obviously understood he was referring to the inquisitors right but like Mm -hmm. have we heard this term before and i just like missed it or is this like a new thing Mystics or Inquisitors? Mystics. Mystics. I mean, Vader got made fun of for his weird religion. <laughs> yeah, I think we've heard similar type terms. I think uh, I think it's Han refers to mm. Obi-Wan as like, a, as like a crazy old wizard. Okay, so it's like a it's Jedi fair. Sith thing. Like it's a people who are force sensitive situation. Yeah, I think, I think so. so. Yeah, Callus doesn't okay. get what's going on really like he knows something's up and that they're weird af but he doesn't understand Mm -hmm. that just like felt like a term that i hadn't heard before in star wars i was like is this like what we're calling them now or like (laughs) it's like i want to be up on the lingo like mystics that's great yeah it's a a good term for sure okay when (laughs) when zev got hit in the head and then ezra was like keep your head down you won't get hit and then runs into that like <laughs> low hanging bar i was like amazing physical comedy star wars rebels I'm yes all about it <laughs> he's off later when he says keep your head up there you go right um the lady inquisitor was very creepy all inquisitors are very creepy i don't mm-hmm. know how they find them so creepy but they do um you, you know who voiced her right i just found out Okay. <laughs> <laughs> who who is it for our yes. listeners? Sarah Michelle Geller, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, cool. See, like I would have never guessed that unless I had literally like just been told. My only Sarah Michelle Geller thing is like Scooby Doo. <laughs> what about <laughs> Cruel Intentions? Wasn't she in Cruel I Intentions? I love Cruel Intentions. Oh my so god! Whoa, you haven't seen Cruel? That is like way up your alley. Yeah, you would it love really Cruel is. Intentions. There's so many things I need to watch, but I just end up rewatching Attack of the Clones over and over and over again. <laughs> that's fair it's a problem (laughs) um anyway she was super creepy real intentions is basically the uh is the pair scene for like a two-hour movie yeah yeah i'm in like (laughs) it's intense how to sell things to me it's perfect it's dangerous liaisons but at a private high school (laughs) but are they wearing leather actually maybe once yeah (laughs) i'm so happy all right. Well, when Ezra was captured by creepy Sarah Michelle Gellar, he really actually, like, I was very impressed with his bravery. Like, 
he was sassy as anything and I was just like go Ezra like you are amazing um when Zeb called in and called himself Commander Run, I thought I was going to lose my mind yeah that was great <laughs> like I was both very entertained and like good job on the callback everybody but I rolled my eyes so big because I was just like I can't I can't with you people <laughs> And then, like, immediately after that, we see a hollow chess game that Kanan and Rex are playing. Now, I've always enjoyed a good hollow chess game. I enjoy sitting at the hollow chess table when I go to Galaxy's Edge. And now, thanks to you, freaking Anders, I cannot look at hollow chess anymore because i just think about that abysmal holiday special and i just want to die all over again just like thinking about stupid alien vr porn and i hate you so thank you for ruining hollow chess for me you're welcome love you love you love you hate you so much thank you this episode zeb saving the day was great i hated zeb at the beginning if you guys will recall if you don't mm-hmm. recall go back and listen to episode one of our rebels run hated zeb horrible should i told i even said like i don't think he should be around children i'm pretty sure well he still shouldn't <laughs> he still should not but he saved the day and i stand zeb now so good job and then Kanan and Hera just like loving each other at the end of the episode like that was the sweetest hug i've ever seen and it was so cute so good job to them too those kids (laughs) our kids got in trouble again oh well they got themselves out this time that's right and i just like love how they were mad they're like kanan why didn't you tell us there were more they were like so sullen like i thought they were gonna slam their doors and he's like i didn't even know like that's just parenting in a nutshell it's like (laughs) i had no clue (laughs) teen crisis oh my god Okay, speaking of teen crisis, episode six, full of teen crisis. Ezra, moody as anything. He's just like, y'all are putting too much pressure on me. My schedule's too full. I don't have any time to flirt with Sabine. (laughs) So I got like mad Harry Potter moody vibes from him, like Order of the Phoenix moody vibes. Mm -hmm. It was great. Then Hera comes in with a list of chores, which was like hysterical, hysterical. Such good mom energy there. And then, like, right after that, he continues the, like, sullen teenage trope by stealing the ship. Oh, which yeah. Was super high school borrowing the car. And I was just like, Ezra, get your butt back here. What is wrong with you? Also, like, he didn't tell anybody. Didn't even, like, leave a note. Come on, my dude. So anyways, that was preposterous. Okay. Hmm. Back to Anders on this one. <laughs> I had no idea why you loved Hondo so much. I have very little experience. <laughs> For those of you who are not watching this video, <laughs> Anders is holding a Hondo Funko Pop. So courtesy of Flo. Courtesy of me, <laughs> it was his holiday present. <laughs> so I had no idea why you liked Hondo so much. I'd only seen Hondo like, I think maybe once in Clone Wars. And then he is in the um, Millennium Falcon ride at Galaxy's Edge, Smuggler's Run. Yes, he is. And so I knew him from there even though I didn't even know who he was when I actually went on the ride. So anyways, but man, I am team Hondo now. (laughs) Yeah, he's great. I love Hondo. He's a chaos demon. I love him. Honestly, it was enjoyable every second that he was on screen. I like couldn't even believe it. It was just so, so good. One of my favorite quotes by him is the stories I could tell. 
some of them which are true hilarious I'll, I'll share my favorite quote at the end of this but man he had some zingers i am super here for hondo yes um back in my harry potter like correlation whatever comparison ezra pretending to be lando was really really cute i was not mm-hmm. expecting the name lando calrissian to come out of his mouth i thought he was gonna like make up some name like whatever job of the hut like he usually does (laughs) yeah right or like when he was at the the academy or whatever Mm -hmm. um but saying lando was hilarious and it reminded me of when harry was taken in deathly hallows and captured by the snatchers and he like immediately was like my name's vernon dudley and it was just like damn quick thinking boys if i had to be like my name is i don't even know what i would say right (laughs) like i'd be like uh what is my name regina phalange (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that is funny. Ken Adams. Princess Consuela yeah. Banana Hammock. <laughs> you don't Your watch part. Friends, watch Friends. You're many years behind. <laughs> <laughs> also, like, we got such Aladdin energy from Ezra in this episode. Pickpocketing, great. Like, storing it for later. Love it. Very resourceful. This episode, first of all, I think this is my favorite episode of all the episodes that I've seen so far. Wow. wow. I know. And it surprised Anders too, because before we started recording, he's like, but it was a side quest. I'm like, yeah, but it was really funny. But it's fun. It's really it fun. Great. Exactly. I I did really enjoy the side quest. I surprised myself too. The fact that Pigman is back. Yes, <laughs> Morgan, what a tool. See, like the, the thing with the show is they keep like throwing people at me, right? And I'm like, we're never going to see this person again. This was like a one-off thing. Like the Melu run thing was a one-off and the Pigman thing is a one-off. But they bring you back. I was just like, what? How, what? how are you doing this, Star Wars Rebels? So great work. I hate that guy also. But here comes my favorite, favorite part. Pigman, whatever, was like, you know, I don't deal with like washed up old people or whatever when he was talking to hondo and hondo hondo with the zinger let's leave your wife out of this i was just like star wars what is happening calm down writer's room oh my god i i i literally like i think out loud i just went damn like what a roast (laughs) it was so good oh man i just loved it and then like Literally two seconds after that, we fucking get chopped. Sorry, we get, cho- get <laughs> chopper just like with two guns, like zooming like a penguin sliding down a freaking ice ramp, shooting people. I was just like, This is insane. This is so savage. <laughs> oh my god, it was crazy. I that was a wild ride at the end of this episode. And then, of course, Ezra force pulls Hondo, which was amazing. Like, obviously, I love that this episode, we saw Ezra, like, using both the Rex training and the Kanan training. Like, it was perfect, and I just, like, loved it. And then, like, his own, like, savviness of, like, being from the streets of Lothal. But, yeah, the force pulling of Hondo back to safety was great. And then Chopper's, like, quick thinking of sending um, the Phantom onto autopilot. It was all amazing, just I really, really, really like this episode. Give me more of it. Yeah, it was great. Oh, great. (laughs) Well, that was great, Flo. Why don't we head over to our sixth holocron, Conjecture at the Cantina, where we ask our questions about the episode and explore some wider Star Wars lore together. 
It's wide lore, guys. All right. First off, starting with what did Dave Filoni and crew have to say about these episodes? Sarah Michelle Geller was very excited to be joining the Star Wars family. She was drawn to the role of the seventh sister because she's a thinking person's villain and a strong female character. Buffy the freaking vampire slayer was overwhelmed by the opportunity. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I love her so much. She's a delight. Rebels Recon host Andy Gutierrez then talked with Pablo Hidalgo and Dave Filoni about the Inquisitors, who are our new baddies for the season. Pablo said it's, it was an interesting, like to hint at the structure of the Inquisitorius, which is what their group is called, the group of dark side users on the Empire's payroll. Filoni emphasized that they're not Sith. They go by brother or sister instead of like Dark Lord or Darth. There's an air of competition among them, much like in the Imperial military. A lot, of, a lot of competition within the Empire, you guys. And, you know, if these are five and seven, where are the other ones, huh? Yeah. Dave Filoni also revealed that we will learn more about the Grand Inquisitor this season and that we've seen him before and not in Rebels. Bum, bum, bum. Whenever you do anything with numbers, I'm like, okay, like, fine. Like, I understand, like, we don't have, like, six and four or whatever, but, like, how high do they go? Like... I, don't, are there I think we're not sure. Are there 50? Okay, I hate that. that <laughs> it's like, give me the max and the min, so at least I know how many to look for. I don't. <laughs> That's the problem. Kanan doesn't know that either. Also, well, does Kanan the grand count as one? Good is he point. also first? Or is it grand? Right. And then you sure. start at one after that. I don't know. Right. And is there something under grand? Is there like vice grand or like treasurer of the inquisitors? <laughs> could be, could be. Could be. So talking about that seventh sister, I mean, Flo, you might not have an answer for this one, but for those of us that have watched all of Clone Wars, wouldn't it just be really cool if the seventh sister turned out to be Barriss? She is a Mirialan, so. And supposedly, probably an ex-Jedi. Supposedly. Mm -hmm. So it... It like just hit me yeah. when I saw her face in this episode. I was like, oh my God, that could be Barris. Maybe that's what happened to her. <laughs> oh. I don't think it is, but it would be really cool if that was her. Like Patin got her arrested and then was like, oh yeah, we totally killed her. No, we did not. <laughs> yeah, just Palpatine actually sent her to Mustafar. <laughs> And again, on the uh, the Inquisitors, mm. one thing I found I find really interesting about them is that they all use the same saber design. They all have that spinning saber yeah. that wasn't just the Grand Inquisitor. So unlike a lot of the dark side users who each one has had some kind of new take on the lightsaber, Vader was the standard, Dooku has the curved hilt, Maul has the double-sided, heck, Ventress had the dual curve that combined into a double-sided everything. But these guys Kylo all use the same the one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah Kylo with the cross guard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, these guys are cookie cutters. These are yeah. churning out of a factory. They get the it's, same saber. <laughs> it's their work uniform, guys. Come on now. <laughs> standard. This is standard. Yes. <laughs> and a question I have for you guys, if you were in Ezra's position at the end of the last episode, would you have been tempted by Hondo's offer? to kind of go do this like pirate freedom life thing. If I didn't know who Hondo was, maybe. <laughs> but I know who Hondo is. I mean, yeah. 
I don't. Go ahead, Sarah. No, no, no. You go, Flo. I was going to say, like, I'm too much of a Ravenclaw to, like, go be a pirate. Like, that's too scary for me. I can't do it. Like, honestly, I couldn't even be on the ghost either. I need to be, like, in the like in a library somewhere <laughs> doing the research. I'm not out on the field. Yeah, I agree completely with Flo. I would not be tempted at all. I mean, Hondo would keep me laughing and I would would maybe want to hang out with Hondo a little bit more, but no way would I go off on a wild, wild, wild or wily adventure with him. No way. But Anders, okay. I suspect you might be tempted. <laughs> I can't say I wouldn't be tempted. I'm pretty sure I would still say no. Mm. But just that idea, I mean, if I were in Ezra's 15 at this point, yeah. is he still 14? 15. Like at that, a- at birthday, that age, right? yeah, at that age, if someone just like came along and was like, yo, we can just drop all of your responsibilities right now and basically go do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> I would absolutely consider it. I mean, how many responsibilities did you have at 15? Oh. Get off my back, Andrew. <laughs> Well, as we know from Ezra, it seems like a lot at that time. It does. It does. <laughs> I, I just do think it does feel like a lot. And then Flo, you hinted at this, like they keep bringing these characters back, which mm-hmm. I love. And I love seeing these guys as Morrigan, Visago, all these guys kind of come back. But it got me thinking, because there tends to be some complaints among fans that everything in the galaxy always seems to kind of come down to the Skywalkers. But they're not the only ones who just kind of show up over and over and over again. Is the galaxy just a smaller place than we realize (laughs) with fewer people involved? That's a good question. I mean, I guess they're all operating in the kind of the same area. So it makes sense that they'd be close by all the time. Because they're just like in their little corner of the outer rim, really. Right. They're not going too far. Mm-hmm. So I think it's believable. If they were like going to Coruscant back and forth, then it would be really weird if they were traveling that distance and still found the same people. I think this is like one of those things where it's like you need to kind of suspend disbelief for a minute because it's a show and it's like you can't just like be meeting random people because then your story doesn't really hold up. So although like I hate that everything revolves around the Skywalkers, I think for a show like this, like it's kind of fine. I feel like it's one of those things too, where it's like there's certain players in the game that they're in, which is Mm -hmm. like this like smuggling rebel game. And so it's like, yeah, you're going to run into the same people. You're not going to like go run into like the shmees of the world or like, you know, whatever. (laughs) Like that's not, it's not the same unless you're smuggling people and then maybe. (laughs) Yep. Well, I've got a question for you guys. Ezra wasn't able to <laughs> lift up Chopper when his legs were locked, but do you think Kanan could have lifted up Chopper? Do you think that, like, first of all, is it even possible when a droid locks his legs? And second of all, if it's not possible when a droid locks their legs, don't you think Kanan could have been smart enough to use the force to unlock Chopper's legs and then lift him up? What do you guys think? I'm going to say... Yeah, mostly to that last part. I don't think with the maglocks, I think it's much more likely that if you try to force it, you're just going to rip the legs off. Yeah. And the body's going to go up. But I think Kaden would have sensed that the maglocks were on and used the force to turn them off. I just, like, didn't really understand this at all. Like, Mm. period. Like, I understood that he, like, did something, but, like, 
did he lock himself to the floor? Yeah, that's what it seemed like. Yeah, how with his with his little boots, <laughs> magnet boots, his little Got it. droid boots, because that's how okay. they stay um, outside the ships when they have to go outside. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. Like, <laughs> it's just like you weigh the same. Like, <laughs> it's like I don't understand. Like, I saw you like push down, but this made no sense to me. And then like I thought like because he was like right next to a grate, right? So I like thought he had like hooked himself into the grate, which like would have also been smart, but yeah, I, I did not get this part, so. Ooh, well, I'm glad we covered it then. <laughs> Speaking of droids, <laughs> Ezra says that he understands most of what Chopper says, but I thought it was kind of assumed in Star Wars world that everyone could speak droid. So can everyone speak droid <laughs> and don't droids have different languages? Let's cover that. They do. <laughs> like, I mean, 3PO can communicate with six million forms. Now seven. <laughs> now seven right. million, yeah. So he can speak basic and all kinds of languages, but a lot of them can only speak binary. And humans and other sentients have to learn it. They can't automatically know it. I just always kind of assume this is like, I'm sure there is like an actual rule somewhere, but I'm pretty sure they just always followed the uh, the same rule that they follow with Stewie on Family Guy. If it's convenient for the plot, then they understand the droid. If it's convenient for the plot that they don't understand the droid, then they won't understand the droid. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. This kind of made me sad. Like, so is Chopper just like speaking into the void most of the time and like nobody understands him? Like Hera does. Hera speaks I know binary. Hera does, yeah. but it's like, and Sabine does. Zeb was like very dismissive. He's like, you know, yes. I don't understand you. Yes. It's just like, okay, well, like, maybe learn. Like, what is wrong with you? Right. That's it's hard. I feel sad that like Chopper, like maybe that's why he's so sassy because like his feelings are hurt that like nobody understands him. He swears a lot. Well, <laughs> that's, that's I would just <laughs> I'd be like, why are you not understanding what I'm saying, bitch? Get out of here. Right. Man. He's a devil. <laughs> Well, next up, the female inquisitor to Ezra says, as pretty as you are. So I'm wondering, is the female inquisitor like DTF Ezra or what? She turned on all the charm. <laughs> I I don't know. First of all, creepy because he's a child. Yeah. But I wonder if she was just like kind of playing into like this like teenage boy kind of like oh she's flattering me like maybe I'll just like tell her what I know and then like run off with her in some like whirlwind romance yeah Yeah. I think I think she's playing into that I mean in general if she's hunting people I think she's gonna use every tool in her tool in her toolbox she's totally down for some sexpionage (laughs) yes (laughs) sound sister gets it guys well think well speaking of sespionage do we think that Hondo knew that Ezra was lying about his identity because part of me thought that Hondo was speaking of like everyone knowing everyone if Hondo didn't know that Ezra was lying then he didn't know who Lando Calrissian is which just kind of blows my mind a little bit what do you guys think did Hondo know that Ezra was lying or no no he knows the name Lando but he doesn't know what he looks like Whereas yeah. as Morgan obviously knows what he looks yes. like. Yes. Yeah, I don't know if he necessarily knew he was lying, but I mean, it's still Hondo, so he doesn't trust them anyway. Right, 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 right. Yeah. 
Well, what kind of droids were on? Were the guards on Visago's ship? Do we know what kind of droids they were, guys? I need to look that up. Really, really creepy ones. Yeah, they were like from that '90s movie or whatever, The Iron Giant, for sure. Yes, like Cylons too. They're they're some sort of sentry droid, I think. I can't remember what model they are though. Okay. Yeah. Uh, They are IGRM bodyguard enforcer droids. Ooh. Fancy. There's a fancy droid. Does that go? He's <laughs> got so many droids. Well, my last question is, why does Hondo just turn over the generators? He didn't seem to get paid or anything. It seemed to be like a really nice thing that Hondo just kind of did. <laughs> he was stuck. Yeah, I didn't yeah. get that either. I think he was, yeah, I think he was stuck. He is the only person there. He couldn't get away because the, the autopilot brought him straight to the ghost crew. So he was either going to have to talk himself out of all of them or, or, or just hand over the uh, the generators. Mm. Yeah, I think they gave him a ship to like leave, but that's probably it. Well, great. <laughs> Well, that's it for now, I think, guys. So join us again next week as Sabine gets some much-needed screen time in Rebels Season mm-hmm. 2, Episodes 7, 8, and 9. That's right. We're covering three next time. Until then, please follow us wherever you get your podcasts and leave us those five-star reviews. Check out our website at Bohemian Geek Studies where you can watch all of our episodes. Enjoy Colleen's Book Corner where she's reviewing Star Wars literature and contact us through email and social media. And as always, keep telling other nerdy knights to join us because that really does help. You can head to ForgottenEntertainment.com to check out all of our offerings from the Forgotten Entertainment family including yet another Star Wars podcast where Colleen and Anders, along with co-host Daniel and some special guests you may recognize are examining the films in Star Wars canon. Until next time, sabers up and keep those episodes streaming. Bye, everyone. Bye, guys. So can we become a sexpionage podcast now? (laughs) I knew you would like that term. (laughs)